0: I'm Paul Irwin and welcome to the pros.com podcast, where we discuss everything translation and interpreting related, including how to get new clients, areas of specialization, technical skills, software localization, machine translation, diversification, and more. Pros.com, helping freelance translators and interpreters succeed. Hey there, Paul here. Hope you're having an amazing week so far. This is episode 67 and today I'm talking to Adrian Probst. Adrian is a German language expert from Switzerland, currently living in Belgium. He has been providing translation, proofreading, subtitling and consulting services to his mostly Swiss clients for the past six years. He is also a content creator on the YouTube channel Freelance First and produces a video every Monday about freelancing, translating and languages in general. Adrian, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. Hello, Paul.
0: Uh, really, really looking. I've been looking forward to to talking to you on the podcast for quite a while, Adrian. Really? I think this yeah, is going to
1: be. It's an honor. I told you before that this is the first ever podcast I'm doing, so it's an interesting <laughs> no, experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, right, uh, good, good talking to you, and we're well, really looking forward to talking to you. And yeah, so many great areas that we have to explore today in terms of uh, the life of a of a freelancer and talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing via freelance first of course as well but mm-hmm. um yeah just tell me first of all please adrian how did you get started in in the language services industry tell us a little bit about about you
1: yeah, sure. So this this started pretty early for me. I mean, the the pathway was quite clear because when you just look at my grades in school and high school in particular, you would see that all my language grades were fantastic and everything else was kind of bad. So uh, I kind of knew that I need to pursue something in this industry. Um, and I grew up in Switzerland and we have an amazing education system in my opinion so it's, yeah. it's quite we we decide quite late whether we go to university and in what area so it's uh, it's not like in other countries where you're like uh, 17 18 and you need to make a decision for the rest of your life so in that regard it's i really like the system that they have and you 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 learn to to work basically you do a profession first an apprenticeship so that's uh, led to me having a business education and then exploring options in what to do in the language industry. I had no idea about the profession of a translator, so I literally went through the list of university degrees, A to Z, and I found translation. There was one uh, university in Switzerland offering it in German. And uh, yeah, so I went there and I went from there and I did my bachelor's in translation. Then I worked for two years in, a, in an agency as a PM, and then I did my master's in the Netherlands abroad. Uh, there I focused more on uh, natural language processing, so more the technical part. And during this master's, I started as a freelance translator on the side, basically. And at the end of my master's, I had the decision to make whether I want to go full-time or not. And that was in 2016. Since Excellent. then, I've been working full time as a Excellent. German translator, copywriter, proofreader, subtitling, etc.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So, t- tell us a little bit about that experience as a as a project manager, please.
1: Yeah, that was great. Actually, uh, it, it's interesting that in, in my university in Switzerland, they don't really focus at all on on a freelance translation. So it's it wasn't even in the picture for any of us. It was quite. That's quite okay. interesting. I talk I talked to people after that, and I think they changed it a bit now that they open up this possibility. But uh, it's quite understood that you do this this uh, translation degree, and then you work in an agency or in a company as a translator, or just generally in the industry. So for me, it was, it was like a stepping stone. I looked for jobs in the translation industry and found this PM position. And then I thought, you know, once I'm there, maybe there would be an opportunity later to become a translator within their the structure. Uh... But then I didn't stay that long, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was a small agency in Zurich, and uh, now they are my clients. So that worked out really okay, nicely. Okay. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. it it's, it's nice to see also the other side, especially now I can appreciate it much more. I sometimes hear from my colleagues that they get very fed up with PMs, but I kind of understand their situation more, I feel like, because I yeah. was in the same vote, right so i think gives more compassion and more uh, understanding for both sides which i really yeah. appreciate
0: brilliant and why, why is there that frustration sometimes um i mean I, just to sort of give you a brief uh, a brief intro into that i suppose my my idea of it from the point of view of a of a freelance translator is that the pms are not responsive enough perhaps that they um when it comes to applying for the job, they're not necessarily very responsive unless it's a, a positive um, lots of last minute lots of last minute requests, that kind of thing is that is that does that sound exactly, about right?
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. these are the talking points that I hear often and you know it's it all comes from pressure, right they they are just uh, the messenger basically and they have someone that puts pressure on them and I understand that and they are dealing with a project that, needs to be delivered in 26 languages the next day so they don't have time and energy to really focus you on you as a german french whatever translator Mm -hmm. you are just a a part in the machine of a big project and once you realize that and you don't i feel like a lot of people take themselves a bit too seriously sometimes (laughs) just need to realize it's not all about you right they are just working for someone else and they are definitely not the one that makes the price, that uh, sends you the deadline that it's mm. it's just all it's a messenger so uh, i i always try to respond to these things with with uh, with an open mind and with kindness and you know when when you're honest to your to your pms and you can really build a relationship with them that that matters so much. I mean, I'm just working now on a video. We will talk about the videos later, I assume. But now I'm working on a video about customer retention. And that's why it's on the forefront of my mind that yeah, uh, yeah. just honesty and and patience with everyone in the workflow is so important. And it can really bring you long term, much more projects and much more uh, work with the company if you don't react. Uh, also to criticism, right? Oh, whenever you get criticism. People tend to lash out on the PMs, but of course the criticism doesn't come from them, right? So I think
0: yeah, it's yeah. all a
1: big misunderstanding. The, the frustration.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it is. It's it's complicated. It's complicated because I think freelancers, freelance translators, want to get that, have the communication, have that, um, have that clarity, and and yeah, sometimes it's coming from a from an end client. Some of the criticism is is not always justified but it comes through all the same so yeah it, it can be it can be frustrating sure. but um, and,
1: and you know we don't have a boss uh, so like all this like water cooler gossip when you just criticize your boss with your colleagues we don't have that so you know maybe there is this hmm. uh, this stock frustration somewhere that we need to uh, lash out on someone maybe that's also part of it. yeah yeah, I think that's yeah. a that's a very good
0: analysis, Adrian. <laughs> Excellent. No, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, let's. Um, so let's. Uh, so moving on from what I gathered from what you said at the beginning, there came a point when you had to take a decision as to whether you were going to go all in as a freelance translator. So just tell us a little bit about that experience and that process and what was going through your mind at the time, please.
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I went with, to the Netherlands with the intention to do a master's degree of two years. So I saved up the money to to pay for that and to live off of my savings for these two years because, because I expected to not have a job next to it. But then the degree turned out to be, I mean, it was challenging, but there was definitely enough time to work next to it. It was designed to do that. Uh, so I was on the side looking for a job, like a student's job, but I I also thought like I already have a degree. Why don't I put that to work as well? So the first thing I did was sign up with a bunch of uh, profiles, pros among them for sure. And uh, I just uh, went from there and through a lot of, uh, well, I guess I would call it networking, but not really in the way that I'm doing it now, but just uh, trying to get some information from the industry. I managed to uh, find uh, my first job. That was, incidentally, a direct client, which I appreciated way not enough back then. That my first ever client was like a direct uh, shoe company, and I found my first job and I really enjoyed it. It was a for me then a, a really big project. It paid like six, seven hundred euros, and I thought, okay, this you know I, I'm good in this. I I think I can at least like cover my expenses while I'm doing a masters. So I went, uh, I spent maybe 15, 20 hours a week next to my masters, uh, building up all the profiles uh, was really motivated and still very young back there. So I had all the energy, right. So I was working nights, you're still very young. Yeah, true. But I I couldn't do that anymore. Like, I I didn't have a lot of rest. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And and then by the end of the two years, I was working maybe, yeah, let's say 50% as a translator. And then, yeah, the, the decision was, I'm saying I had to make a, de- a decision, but I think in my mind, I had made the decision a long time ago. I just wanted to talk it through with my partner, with my parents. I had mm. a lot of conversations and I had role models. Also a few of them. Uh yeah. Basically, mostly on on Facebook, I saw people that were actually doing what I wanted to do and successfully doing it. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, yeah, let's let's go. And I was very fortunate to have a lot of friends from my studies that then uh, ended up working in agencies and in communication departments in Switzerland. So they kind of snuck me through the gaps into the into the pools of agencies, you know. So for some yep. for yep. some of them, I was very lucky that I didn't have to have the the predefined three five years experience, but because they knew me, they trusted me, so I, I yeah
0: yeah excellent I could
1: I could start off quite well, yeah, and then about I- two years later, I managed to work full time. Yeah.
0: Okay, and and yeah, part of that analysis was presumably taking what you were earning part time and just sort of extrapolating it to to get your full-time expected income and and saying that that was going to be enough yeah i
1: I wrote a three-year plan i put like a a huge paper on the floor in my apartment and i i wrote uh 2017 it was i think to 2019 the three years that would come and i wrote down exactly what i want to do what my goals are what i want to earn what i want to save how many projects i want to do which conferences i want to go to so i was very meticulous in planning and that sounds uh, amazing that That sounds amazing (laughs) Yeah. That's really paid off. I, I still have yeah. that plan, and I showed it once in the video. It's it's funny to look back on it, but yeah, and it's weird. Like I I hit the goals almost exactly. I don't know if it was good planning or if it was just subconsciously whenever mm. I was there, I I slowed down, you know. But it, it this was a as an amazing time. Yeah, I look I look back to, on it, and I I really enjoyed these first years very much because it's it's exciting, right? When you can actually like. Double and triple your revenue. That's that, yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. 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 What, what was the what was the most difficult part that you remember from back then?
1: The most difficult was probably just uh, for me. The most difficult was not even the had not even anything to do with the practical things. It was more uh, my own mentality, my own mindset. I, I I struggled a lot with coming to terms that this is what I can do and want to do because I can, I tend to compare myself a lot with my Swiss colleagues or well, with my Swiss friends, you know, and uh, that went kind of the traditional way and working mm. high uh, earning jobs in Switzerland and of course making a lot of money. And I always, in the first years, I always compared myself like, why, why didn't I do this? Why did I choose this more complicated way? And, yeah. and I think the, the most difficult part was coming to terms with that and also focusing on the fact that. Uh, like you know you always want what you don't have right so a lot of these people will probably look at my life and say oh that's, that's amazing what he's doing and and i actually then realized that i have it all in my own hands i can build this company it is now to whatever i want it to be and there's uh, literally no limit if you are your own boss right you can just uh, yeah you're yeah. at, yeah. uh, at the rate that you want to so yeah that's really interesting yeah that's really taking interesting Taking myself comparison. seriously i think yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I, 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 lots of people do do make comparisons, obviously, with mm-hmm. with others, you know, peers from university being, I think, a, a common one. So would you say that you've now um, come to terms with that, and not only come to terms with it, but come to realize the advantages <laughs> that you have and the amazing position Absolutely. that you're in? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I, I went through such a huge change, transformation in the past five, six, seven years of my life. Like, I, I, it's, it's incredible. I completely changed, uh, in terms of, yeah, personality, well, not personality, but just mindset mm. and outlook on life. And, uh, I am, I've definitely come to terms and I know now that this is exactly what I want to do. And it's amazing that I can say that because I feel like not many people can actually yeah. just do every day what they want to do. And that's, I appreciate that now more than anything.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. Adrian, about how you feel your mindset changed over that period?
1: Well, it had a lot to do with with moving abroad, I think. Uh, I was brought up in a very traditional setting and a very sheltered and safe background, you know, and I had my life cut out for me and had basically the path ready to just, yeah, live live my life as, as it was intended to. Uh, but then I... I uh yeah I met I met my girlfriend on, when I went to Erasmus and that changed everything and we moved together abroad and ever since we've been living together in different countries both away yep. from home and uh, this this changed everything in my opinion yeah because I I was forced to kind of reevaluate my whole life I was I was in the beginning as I, I was struggling with because I, I thought I could just keep my life in Switzerland as it is, uh, move away and just keep that as it is, but that's not possible. And then you have to kind of make decisions. You know, you have to prioritize who are your real friends, who you want to see when you go back. Uh, how can you keep the connection close with your family? Because it's very important to me that I have a strong connection to home while still living abroad. And that took me a good few years to really like nail that down, and now I'm very confident in it. Now I'm very happy with my two lives, basically. I have this this life of of um, yeah here where I now feel very home. I've been in Belgium now for almost five years, and yeah, and and then I still have this second life in Switzerland, and both are now very. It's a nice uh, combination of the two, so. A lot of my transformation had to do with that. And then also the fact that, you know, when I feel like when you work uh, on your own for a, a good number of years, then either you become very reclusive and you become self-isolated or you realize it and you make an effort and you get to know people. And that was my approach in the last three years. And also with the videos and I've met so many amazing people around the world. and every new collection
0: changes me as well i think yeah yeah no fascinating it's fascinating not only the 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 change that you've you've been through and different situations that you've been in but just also how you how you think about it you strike me as someone who really sort of analyzed analyzed those those situations and and that that helped you actually to to come oh, yeah, to a very, point
1: very, very much, almost too much often. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a very worrying personality, so everything I do, I think about two, three times, and that's not always the best approach. But yeah, you're definitely right. I thought about this a lot, especially before my thirtieth birthday. I had a long like reflection period about my twenties, and I think that it was important for me. I need to mm. reflect on on my life some from time to time.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So where are you now, Adrian, in terms of your your business we'll come on to freelance first in a second but just in terms mm-hmm. of your your business where are you right now
1: yeah it's an extremely interesting time at the moment i i my translation and but well, let's say language services business i like to call it because its translation is actually maybe like a 30 percent of what i do um is uh, it's self-sustainable it, it's it's very it's going very well i'm Basically, all, always booked out. So now I'm looking for opportunities to grow. So I mm-hmm. want to kind of uh, combine the two brands that I'm trying to build, which is one my language business that I just uh, that has my own name and one, the freelance verse where I make videos on YouTube and I'm trying to build something of kind of a, it's really hard to explain over the summer. People ask me and I, I, it's extremely hard to pinpoint what I want to do, but I have like a, an intrinsic plan of where it should go. And I want to combine the two into some kind of media company that uh, provides a, a customer Everything from start to finish when it comes to localization um, so now but I'm of course very baby steps I just hired my about to hire my second person so but it it's exciting it's it's transforming, I think uh, is the right word at the moment
0: yeah, yeah I'm Excellent. very
1: excited about that Excellent. could you what just take, s- take us yeah. through
0: the sort of percentage breakdown of your business and you said thirty percent translation
1: so I would what, say so yeah
0: what would what would okay. the other seventy be?
1: There is a a huge chunk is is uh, revision and proofreading and uh, you know the oof, what do you call that in English? actually the last the last step before something is published you know like an LQA I would say is is okay. what I'm doing for for many uh, publishing houses as well and for for marketing agencies uh, then I do a lot of subtitling as well and I do uh, language consultancy for for Swiss businesses so when they want to. Uh, just how to or not only for Swiss businesses, but for businesses who want to expand to Switzerland, because there's a I feel like and I always tell that to my client that there's a very specific way in which Swiss people want to be addressed. And if you uh, if you write your copy with a with a German in mind and send this to a Swiss, then it could come off uh, quite rude sometimes, you know, yeah, Yes, yeah. they're very direct, very straightforward. So. You need to sugarcoat a lot of Swiss content, and I'm trying to to do um, consultancy sessions for my clients on on how to find the right audiences and address interesting. them the correctly. That's way.
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. And how how do you manage how do you manage that balance of of activities? Do you find that it's it's difficult in any way, or do you just find it enjoyable to have that mixture?
1: Uh, oh yeah, I need the mixture. I definitely need the mixture. That's why I have it. I couldn't do only one thing. I would get very bored that's also one thing that is quite particular to me i noticed is that i don't like large large projects for example uh, i i know people who like that to have like a like a month worth worth of one project or something but for me that that seems terrifying i like to have very small <laughs> chunks of work and to yeah. complete them yeah. and then move on uh, and i just kind of it came naturally i just established my clients in a way that that it's a, it's a nice mixture. And whenever it was too much of one thing, I I went out there and looked for a new client in another thing. Uh, and especially now, I, I, I'm specialized in, in two things, in IT and in sports, and especially sports content. I want to push a lot, so I'm I'm actively looking for more sports retailers, clients. And so whenever I notice that there's something missing in this balance, as you called it, then I go actively out there and look for a way to, to fill the gap.
0: Yeah, really good. Really good, Adrian. And I think it just highlights to me the fact that there isn't one right answer. There's, there's, uh, it's perfectly, um, a perfectly good strategy to focus on translation 100% of the time. Um, Absolutely, but it, yeah, yeah. But it yeah, comes yeah. down to your, your personality and you've actually, what you've done is you've identified or ass- assessed your own personality, which is not always something that's easy to do, I would say. And mm-hmm. you know... What works for you and of course it's taken you a little bit of time there's been a um an evolution over the over the years but it sounds like you've got to a place where you're really happy with that balance you've kind of figured it out in that sense
1: exactly i would say so in the last years i feel like very very content and i I, sometimes i struggle a bit with or i struggle i just wonder if there is You know we we tend to always want more right whenever you are you feel content at least i feel that way then you're thinking already what's the next step right and that exactly because the you ask what's the plan where i want to go with the business and i'm not even sure i want to change anything at this point so Mm, i'm mm. also just happy it's going well and uh, sometimes you need to appreciate the status quo as well
0: definitely i do have
1: plans for the future but at the moment i'm also uh, not coasting, but just, uh, enjoying what I have. That's yeah, cool, yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Brilliant. All right. Well, it sounds like you are already, uh, <laughs> very busy Adrian, but yeah. then <laughs> on top of that, you've decided to create a YouTube channel called freelance First. So tell us a little bit about, um, when that started and h- how it came about, please
1: yeah you know what the problem is with that i started that when i was not busy i started that during lockdown and now and now it's still going and now it's a problem (laughs) of course yeah um yeah so i i I started in may 2020 i I, you know I'm, i'm a person that has a lot of ideas most of them are uh very bad, let's say. <laughs> and then sometimes there is one or two that uh, that have something behind them. And I usually run them past my partner, and she says whether it's good or not. And when she approves, yeah. I know okay, that's that's actually something there. Um, and this was always in the back of my mind. There is a uh, one guy, I'm sure you know him, Robert, who does YouTube uh, about about translation as well for a very long time. And um, I've I've watched his content for many many years now he was yeah. uh, one yeah. of the reasons that helped me when i started out um and uh, amazing content but i always knew that you know he's not the guy that plays the youtube game you know he just uh, has his, his webcam shares valuable information and uh, uploads yeah. it. and i always knew that there is something missing in the translation youtuber realm there is no one really like playing the game while also giving valuable information and i knew that this could be my place but of course i had to gain experience first there's no point in just sharing when i don't know anything yet and then after like four years of experience i thought you know why not now if i mean i'm I'm bored at home i have nothing to do but work so Let's put another layer of work on top of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I, I went again very methodically, same as with the three year plan before. I wrote down 52 video ideas because I thought that I want to do this for one year every Monday uh, and see where it's going. So before I even started, I wrote down 52 ideas, so I wouldn't run out of ideas. And then I made like six videos in advance. And then in July, I started uploading them every Monday and uh, the reception was amazing i mean it's mm. been growing ever since and i'm extremely happy with it and after one year the the community said please don't stop it's amazing what you do and i i really enjoyed it as well and it opened so many doors by now i mean i've, I've talked at various uh, events i was invited to a conference lately and i've met so many people get received so many messages so and I, I felt like this is this is something that was kind of missing still in my life as a whole. Also, when I did this reflection, I felt like I really want to help people and have an impact on people's lives. And I had to figure out a way how to do that. And it turned out that this was the way to do it for me. And I'm very passionate about this project. So, yeah, and it just starts today, actually. Today is the first episode of, of uh, season three. I split it into seasons. and. Uh,
0: Brilliant. So what's been, what's been your most popular video to date?
1: So there have been, one series is very popular where I where I go on platforms like Fiverr, like Upwork, uh, one hour translation I've done before, and I record my process of, of uh, trying to make some money on there in one week. So it's kind of like a gimmicky challenge, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, these have been very popular, especially during lockdown, because so many people just... Uh, were googling like how to make money on the side, right because times were tough yeah um and it it and another one that is very popular is i i shared my approach of how i go about finding clients um and that is still doing very well that is now my my most viewed uh, video and it's interesting it kind of created a, a split audience that i have now i have On the one hand, I have the people that are really interested in the profession and want to make it as a professional translator. Whereas on the other hand, I have people that are just, you know, trying to make some money and seeing it as a gig on the side because they just want to make some extra cash on Fiverr. So I I have this kind of bipolar uh, audience, and it's interesting to balance the two. So, of course, I want to make content more for the... For the realistically interested people in the industry, and uh, not really for the people that are just there for some side money. But these are the videos that make a lot of views, so I have to find a nice balance between the two. But it's also interesting. I love I love the game. I love the the algorithm behind it. You know how you can tweak it with thumbnails and titles and tags and all the analytics. So. I yeah there's a lot behind it and I enjoy to find out what works and what doesn't
0: so what would you say in terms of in terms of YouTube in terms of getting your message out there what's what's worked best for you
1: um I think what why people are drawn in is that or at least what I'm told all the time is that it's authentic that it's real and and honest right I, I don't I don't pretend to to know everything. I just, uh, I, I'm very honest. I share my experience. I share what I've done, whether it works for you or not is kind of irrelevant because this is my channel. So I share what, what, uh, what worked for me. Right. And if you can then uh, apply it to your life in a bit, in a different way, then that's what the channel should be like. And I always have to mention that as well, that this is not like I'm sharing my experience, but this shouldn't be like a, a copy paste approach for you right when i when i when i was watching all these video before uh, when i started out i got my information that i needed f- of what works for other people and then i found my own creative way to approach clients and i sometimes get comments and they say oh i did everything exactly how you did but it doesn't work and i say yes of course that's that's the <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> that's the key like if it would work then everyone would do it right you need to find a way that works for you uh, but yeah, in terms of why it has been received well, is apparently because it's authentic and because there is nothing else uh, out there that is similar. Wonderful. So I'm trying to be as Wonderful. authentic as possible.
0: So, so yeah, so you're in contact with freelance translators a lot, and yes, um, yes, uh, what would, what are the what are the big issues of the of the day, Adrian? What are people most concerned about when they <laughs> when they come to you?
1: Okay um again when you look at the two audiences i have one of them is just the 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 main issue is that they don't find jobs they just say it doesn't work it doesn't work uh, but i don't think there is an actual willing willingness there to go the extra mile and and try something new um, for the other part the most challenging th- or the most uh, questions i get i would say are related to uh, specializations, often people are confused because whenever you read anything on LinkedIn or, or post, uh, people really put emphasis on specialization. And yep. it can be intimidating in the beginning, right? And people, people, t- I, I've, I've met many translators who want to start, but put up, um, how do you say, like postpone the start because they haven't figured out exactly which niche they want to serve to. And I tell, I try to tell people that it doesn't matter in the beginning. Just be a generalist; it's fine. You don't need to, you don't need to go straight away into specialisation. It will just come naturally. Um, That's
0: right. Yeah, something that you yeah, can figure yeah. out over time. Um,
1: exactly, yeah. and if you some wait, people
0: some people never change from being a generalist and and yeah, are very successful at, at it, interestingly Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. And then I I just tell people, if you think now for three months what to specialize in and then you start, then you're already three months behind, right? You can just start now and and try to figure it out. I mean, I never thought I would specialize in sport, even though I love sport, but it, it was just not on my radar. But based on the jobs that I got then, it just led to that, right? So specialization is a big thing, and then uh, practical things. You know, uh, people are worried about taxes, health insurance, uh, how to live as a in a different country. What happens if you want to be a digital nomad? Uh, do you have a pension, etc.? So a lot of really practical worries that people probably have a have a stable job, and they are kind of toying with the idea, but they are just exploring the, all the avenues that could. That are like realistic fears, right? You need to yeah, face yeah. them. It's, it's yeah. a good good thing that they already think about that. What's your um, what's your
0: advice specifically on on that topic, on the topic of let's say, health insurance and, and pensions? Um, someone coming from a perhaps a, a different environment, a more corporate environment. Um what what would you say to someone who has that concern?
1: yeah you know that's always tough when people ask me that because it's so country specific right yeah, I mean, what, yeah. Uh, what advice can i give to someone in south africa about health insurance you know that's that's impossible so i i just always are i tell them my experience i tell them you know this is very like western european specific but take what applies for you but uh, then make sure to Consult a, um, an accountant, a lawyer if you want to, someone from the social security department to really help you with that. Because it's very common now to be a freelancer everywhere, right? So there is. Yes, yes. If you are in a country that you are the first freelancer, then that's amazing, but that's very unlikely, right? <laughs> Uh, so there's always someone that can help you. So I advise people to go on Facebook, to, to go on uh, LinkedIn groups, to find really locally local um, translators or freelancers. It doesn't need to be a translator, just a freelancer to help them set up the business. And then I also explain my side. So I made uh, videos on invoices, social security, taxes here in Belgium. And they, they are received well because it gives people an overview of what it's like here and it doesn't really need to exactly match their country, but it gives them a kind of a sense of calmness when they see that it's not that hard, right. You can, you can actually deal with it. And oftentimes as a, as a one man, single entrepreneur company, whatever it's called in your country, uh, you get, uh, you get tax benefits, you get, you get, uh, grants from, com- from, uh, governments especially here you get a lot of help actually if you start your own one single man business or single woman business uh, so that that helps people when i do these very local videos which was interesting i always thought that this wouldn't be like i i wrote in my comments many times i can make a video about registering in belgium but is that really relevant and then people say yes please do because yeah even if yeah. it's not perfectly what we go through but it still gives an idea.
0: Yeah no brilliant brilliant and and fantastic that you're able to give that advice to to so many people and 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 like you said point them in the right direction because sometimes it's not about that specific solution the exact same solution it's about pointing people in the right direction so i particularly liked what you said about um investigating what other freelancers are doing in your specific location not necessarily freelance translators because there's obviously a lot of information out there for freelancers as well
1: exactly yeah it's all about just alleviating the 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 worries the pain what what my channel is doing right i'm trying to tell people that it's not that hard and it's possible to succeed but then you need to figure out figure it out yourself like the solution the information is out there but the solution is not out there you need to find creative ways to approach people that's i mean of course you will never do something that no one has ever done before also, have to be careful with like really creative approaches to clients because it can also become a bit cringy, right? If you, I don't know, if you approach them with a rap video or whatever. So, you need to find a creative way, but don't yep. go too extreme. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yep.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be something else, wouldn't it? Uh, check I'm out saying rap, that because check I, out my rap video, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm saying that because a friend of mine at the university applied to Red Bull in form of a a mixtape and they hired him so it can work I oh, guess
0: nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, no I mean I, I, yeah that kind of thing can work uh, I think yeah. it depends on yeah it depends very much on the on the area in which you work the type of client and everything else but yeah exactly. probably not probably not one for every day is it yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, no wonderful brilliant stuff adrian well you've certainly you have certainly helped a lot of people so i think that's you've done you've done something different you found you know you found your you found your niche you found your area in terms of in terms of video and i think that's that's what it's about a lot of the time that there's there's always other people out there doing different things that doesn't mean that you can't do your thing i think there's always space on whatever platform for for great new authentic content as you as you said, you mentioned that word authentic, and I think you've certainly done that, Adrian. So congratulations, congratulations with with your business as well. Thanks for sharing all of that journey with us. Um, it's just been very interesting for me here to um, listening listening to you and to be able to interview you. So, so thanks very much for coming on and, and sharing all of that with our audience. Adrian. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. And you've always been so nice. You came on my channel as well for videos. So I really appreciate it. Hope the listeners Um, enjoyed it.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure (laughs) sure they did, Adrian. Brilliant. All right. Well, I'll I'll leave you with the last word. Big thank you from from me in that last word. Any final comment you want to make. And please share your URLs. uh, Tell people how to find your YouTube channel. And thanks very much.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. So you can find me with Freelanceverse, like Universe, but for freelancers everywhere on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Not TikTok. That's I'm, I am already am too old for that, but <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you will find me and on LinkedIn, of course. And feel free to connect with me and shoot me a message. I'm always going to respond, even if it takes maybe two, three days, but I will respond for sure.
0: Brilliant, Adrian. Great stuff. Thanks again and all the very best. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.